Youth Ministry Nation, I'm AC. This is Kurt Johnston. We're going to talk today about small groups. Aha! And surfing, maybe. maybe we I'm it. never going surfing. Oh, we'll talk about Let's it. talk youth ministry. Yep. Good. Good to see you. Um, Long time. I'm never going surfing. Well, well let I mean, me not say never. My you son know. is coming up, and yes, my daughter, great. she was actually out they like on the water. A, yeah, and she was out on one of those boogie boards. Yes. Further than I would have yes. allowed her to be out. We call them body boards now. Boogie um, boards were from the 70s. Well, I call and them. We call them boogie boards since you were AJ's age. I call them, uh, <laughs> I call them an hors d'oeuvre tray. Yeah, you call them for sharks. It'll never be in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I call them an appetizer tray. That's what I call them. <laughs> for sure. Hey. You know, we're going to the beach as a team, our whole student ministries team, our annual end yeah. of the summer beach party next Friday. Every year. Yeah. And you try to get me to go I in. I think this is your year. Okay. Fall group season is, for some people, kind of has already kicked off. For others, it's right at the very beginning. For us, we're kind of at the very beginning of getting our small group signups going, yeah. registration started. Um, we've had lots of conversations in our own ministry about small groups. I popped into Last Jessica year. and um, Travis's office today, and they were working on small group material and yep. promo. Promotions. Um, we've got some emails with questions about small groups. So yeah. because small groups is such a massive part of most youth ministries, or a big part of most youth ministries, yeah. maybe not massive, it's a massive part of our youth ministry. Um, we actually have more students attending, if you were to count butts in the seats, we have more students sitting in a small group on a midweek Wednesday or than Tuesday we do night. on yeah. our weekend worship services, uh, you know, kind of our outreach youth yeah. services. Very interesting. Anyway, um, so what, what we thought we'd do is we would take the next two shows. It's not very often we dedicate two shows to a topic, but yeah. small groups we think is worth it. So we've kind of combined our conversations, some of the emails we've got, and we've just kind of got four questions slash basic things to think about yep. concerning small groups that we're going to cover two today. And we're talking about these things. Uh, this is an ongoing, ongoing topic conversation. for us. Yep. Even as we launch, like we've been talking all summer. We even came up with new strategy and uh -huh. new focus. And now we're going into the small group year. But we're yep. always talking. I don't think you can ever um, get to a place where you're like, everything is right. Everything is great. Everything well, is groovy. Because as... As your groups grow, or as right. you know, the, your your leader scale change. Maybe one year you have older leaders, and now you've got younger leaders. So it's it's always to keep. It's always great to keep an open conversation. Yeah. Well, when we would do, I don't think it's in Purpose Driven Youth Ministry the book. Even though I mean, I, I should know if it is or not. I don't think this statement is. But when we used to do Purpose Driven Youth Ministry conferences a lot, and Doug would teach, one of the sections was why small groups are a big deal. And, you know, the reality is, um, at least for us, and I think more and more youth groups, you know, small groups have been around now, the idea of doing small groups in youth ministry. When I was in high school ministry, we had small groups. When I was in high school. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's going back 35 years now. Um, something like that. Um, when I was in high school. And our youth group had small groups. And they just become more and more popular and more and more of a ongoing, something I think most youth groups would view as borderline indispensable. A really yeah. key piece. They're they're a big deal. Um, so today, here here's here's one of the things we want to talk about. We've talked about this. This was a question somebody sent us in an email, and it was simply this. You know, we've 
maybe use different languages. This was the exact language this guy yeah. used in the email he sent us. And he said, when you think about small groups, what is it about a small group that makes it attractive to teenagers? Yeah. So I said earlier, we've got more kids between junior high and high school. Yeah. We have more students sitting in a small group, attending regularly a small group, than we have attending regularly our big attractional kind of outreach-oriented youth ministry service. Yeah. So there's something obviously very attractive to a teenager about a small group. What is that? That's what this guy is asking. Um, what is it that makes it attractive? So what are some yeah. of your thoughts on that? I think the first thing that pops out to my head is community. Um, small groups, I, I think I did an article, wrote an article for a group, and it was on belonging. And I kind of alluded to the fact growing up in Michigan, you know, we didn't necessarily have gangs, but we had like street territory. So like if you were from Southwest Michigan or if you were from, you know, there's these four cities, Ecorse, you know, Wooj, it still exists today. But if you were from one of those areas, you belong to something. So if I came out and I said, yeah, I, I, I live in Southwest Detroit, I belong to Southwest. I felt like an attachment to that. Um, and I think that's a huge thing for kids, whether it's for negative purposes, whether it's a gang or whether you're claiming street cred or if you're in a small group to grow, you know, your spiritual for spiritual growth. It's just the same. I think they're looking for the same thing. And so for us, success has been about creating community, keeping that a vital part of what we do is creating a community. So that looks like. Um, you know, kind of having a, a area where we can go same school, you know, maybe not necessarily like same likes or interests, but maybe same area of living, you know, closer to each other demographically. But just, just I mean, you don't have to go too crazy, but you're thinking, was well, the best way we can build community for this kid that's going to last? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, sometimes if you're, you're pulling, I don't know, this could be some people's case where they're pulling from very far away. Yeah. Um, but we try to look for things that we can do that build okay. a better So, so you're talking community. you're talking at this level. Like we as youth pastors know students, teenagers, whether they can articulate it or not, we know deep down mm -hmm. everybody wants to belong. Yeah. They want community. They want to be known. That's huge. That's what makes it attractive. Let's talk teenage language. Yeah. If we brought in a 10th grade boy and we said, doesn't matter whether you're Saddleback in Southern California or you're in North Dakota somewhere, you're a 10th grade boy, comes walk in here and we said, why do you like small groups so much? What would he yeah. say? Like put it in his language. Like just start, <clears throat> just start rattling yeah, off I qualities of a small group that make it attractive to that 10th grade boy. Well, I think... You know, having a place where he can feel comfortable to be himself, having a place where he feels comfortable to share whatever, you know, he wants, he needs to share. Uh, I always put in an expression of having students be able to come to life groups and just like let their shoulders down and mm -hmm. feel like, okay, this is a yeah, safe, this safe, is a place. safe place okay. for me to share. I think that's a huge, that makes, that rounds off that community yeah. piece, a place yeah. where they can you know, go and I think leader pl definitely plays a huge part in, in it. Not in the sense that you need to be this stereotypical youth 
pastor who's all hip, who, you know, wears Jordans and right. wears a hat and all, you know, I do all those things. <laughs> I'm so just saying what, what are you saying about yourself there, you see? <laughs> that you're, you're stereotypical but kind of shallow and kind no. of not, what are you saying? No, it comes naturally to me. Oh, no, okay. I'm just kidding. Gotcha. Um, okay. But you don't have to be that person. I think um, a leader plays a huge part in the success of a small group. You are you are creating this atmosphere for them. Um, also, I think another thing, and you can jump in at any time, but another thing that I think is having it be uh, your small groups, instructing your leaders to definitely lead, but lead from a, an approach of facilitating. Mm -hmm. You know, allowing students to feel free to maybe say something that may not be, you know, doctrinally correct or, you know, in, in the vein of our Christianese language. But yeah. just to be real and, yeah. and, and say, you know, I don't feel like God's close to me. I feel yeah. like he's distant and, you know, I don't know yeah. what to do about that. I, I think it's a one-two punch. So I, I, I think, you know, part of what makes an attractive, what, part of what makes a small group ministry attractive to a teenager is both what we as older adult leaders make sure is in place, even though they may not know it's what they want, we yeah. know it's what they want. They might not ever articulate it. Yeah. And it is also giving them what they articulate. Yeah. Right? So I think the 10th grade boy would come in and he said, well, it's where I see, my, it's where I see friends. It's where I can get prayed for. It's where I can ask questions. It's where I can be myself. Yeah. It's where um, I don't have to worry about, in our case, you know, girls aren't in small groups, so I don't have to. I don't have to perform. Yeah. I, you know, I don't have to be cool. I don't have to be the jock. I don't have to worry about what the girls think. I can, I'm just hanging out with my buddies. I can be real. Yeah. Um, I like our leader. You know, I, I think that's all stuff that the you know what once in a while, not very often, at least not in my experience, but once in a while they'll say deeper Bible study. Better, you know, better lessons. They don't, that, that's not at the top. Yeah. It's not at the top. Yeah. Even though as youth pastors, we tend to think that's so vitally important. Yeah. So as I, they move on, you know, upper, for, a, you for an 11th from, grader, yeah. more so than from a 7th grader. Yeah. For sure. I think that's all stuff they would say. Yeah. I think stuff that we know needs to be there, that some of this is reflected. For me, I think one of the biggest things as leaders that we want to try to do is I think what makes a, a small group so attractive is how it feels, yeah. right? And, and they yeah. may not articulate it, but how it feels when you walk in, the let your shoulders down. This feels safe. Yeah. This feels like the level, the playing field is level for all of all us. All the intangible. I think of Cole's small group all throughout junior high and high school. He was in basically the same small group all the way through 7th grade through 12th grade. And in that small group, it was way too big, by the way. Just a side note for you, high school staff. It's small group for a reason. It was not a small group. It was a small <laughs> youth group. There were like 16 guys, yeah. right? But he had, there were super athletic kids. Yeah. There was a super non-athletic, but they were um, class president and all that kind of yeah. stuff. There were some kids who were both. They were athletic and class president. There were some kind of skater kids and surfer kids and musician-type kids. And, man, I'll tell you what. Somehow, in a small group, none of that stuff mattered. Right? It might have for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. But eventually, the leaders did such a good job of going, hey, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, when you come into this garage, we're just a bunch of dudes who get together and, and, and share life. It yeah. just felt 
safe. It was the one place you didn't have to worry about the social ladder, right? Yeah. Um, I think it needs to feel relaxed. We talk about real, relevant, relational, yeah. relaxed. How it feels, I think, is what makes a small group super, super attractive to kids. Yeah. The, you guys put on, and our, our junior high ministry puts on, and I'm sure a lot of the youth ministries watching this show put on really good youth ministry programs. Yeah. Our weekend program is as good as most. It's not perfect, but it's as good as most, right? Um, I, we've seen the best. You know, mm-hmm. we've gone to North Point and Willow Creek and some of those churches and seen like the best program for teenagers you can see. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, at every one of those youth groups, at, at your youth group, at our youth group, kids involved in a small group, if they have to miss something on a given week, yeah. <laughs> they're going to miss the big, really cool show. Yeah, 10 times out of Way time. before they're going to miss life group. They don't want to miss life group. If they have to miss the other thing for a family picnic or because they got scheduled to work or whatever, they'll deal with it. Yeah. They're going to do whatever it takes not to miss small group. Yeah. And I think what's a, that the reason for that is the way small groups, just they just feel good to kids. Yeah. They feel real. They feel authentic. And I think if you're, you know, every church doesn't do decentralized or a night just for small groups. Maybe you're doing... It's Maybe attached, you're doing, to, it's attached yeah. to the program, but I think the principles apply still. Yes. I would probably weigh heavier on the leader aspect of it because um, you're you're kind of a part of something that has already taken place. Yeah, and so you know, you I don't I wouldn't say I mean I wouldn't say for sure, but you're kind of competing a little bit, like. They just came out of this large group experience. I don't know how big or or how you know active it is. I'm probably gonna answer. Right. I guarantee you. you uh, <laughs> we love youth ministry. We are doing a podcast in Ant and Festival. Yeah, we didn't have to do it here. We could have gone any other office in the building, but here we are. But but I would say it is definitely more on the leader to really just think. Okay kind of reading your group we've just come out of this large you know, oh you're talking crazy, about for the, for the ministries that have them attached for the ministries yes. that have them attached yeah. for the leader to go we just oh, came yeah. out of this large so kind of read your guys a little bit because I already know for for our groups we meet on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights um, at 7 right so kids have already you know been to school you know I'm saying just for clarity they don't meet both nights they pick yeah, either, they Tuesday, pick or either Tuesday or Wednesday night yeah. But they've been to school, they've had dinner, they've done homework, and we're getting them at 7 o'clock at night when it's really like TV time, it's, it's kind of like the night, they got to get everything in before they go to bed. And so if I'm, if I'm just, oh, I need to get this done, then I'm not paying attention to the signs of where the students are when they come in. Right. A lot of times they need to get energy out. Right. So that we can actually sit down and talk and have a yeah. you know a discussion. And I've heard many stories of leaders who don't read the signs of where their group is. Right. And they either try to go, well, they just need to learn the word. They yeah. just need to hear the word. Yeah. And, and okay. they totally do. Okay. You're, I'm just going to try. You're, yeah. talk, you're, you're talking about something really important. And it's the next topic of the day. Oh, okay. So the yeah. question. And the question was, what are some of the qualities of a good small group leader? Mm, yeah, and that's what you're. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, you're talking. I mean, you're starting. You know, 
Yeah. A good a good small group leader can read his group. Yeah. Right? Scripture says, know well the condition yeah. of the flock. Yeah. That is a overall, how's my flock doing? And how are they doing right now? Yeah. Right? <laughs> In I, this I mean, moment. Overall, they're healthy. <laughs> right now, they're completely squirrely. Yeah. Right? And all over the place. So so let's let's take what you were saying and use that as a launching pad into, let's just ramble off. Yeah. What makes a good small group leader? A lot of these guys and gals out there are in the process of recruiting new leaders and hoping yeah. they'll be small group leaders. Yeah. What makes a good small group leader? What do we need to look for? What are some What are some characteristics and some traits that, I think, that they either already have or we can train them on? Yeah, I think getting people who who actually want to be there. And when I say want to be there, I mean like uh, like students. They don't have to like be all. They don't have to say, yeah, I love students. I think they're doing it out of, or I've heard this before, where people serve either because they feel a call to the ministry or they feel called to help you out. So I'll give all my, I'm helping you, so I'm here. I'll do whatever, help I, need I'll do whatever I need yeah. to do. And then there are some who are called to ministry and, and feel like alongside God has called me to youth ministry right. as a volunteer. Okay. Um, I think you deciphering who those people are, you could totally push those who feel like they've been called to do definitely more yeah. and I would call I would I would um so so, push so a, a sense of a sense of longing and calling to it. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? What else we got? Um I think I think you can pretty much tram I mean they need to be a a believer, of course. <laughs> They need to know Jesus yeah, Christ. We, we've, you, you, would think that's, you, you would think that's, of course, of course. Yeah. However, we have had our I moments. Want, oh. We've had our moments where we realized down the road, I'm not yeah. sure. Everybody this, that this say guy, they believe. This guy knew what to put on the application. Yeah. However, in hindsight, yeah. now that we're paying attention. It's never a bad thing to <laughs> overlook your yes. your, uh, your application yeah. process. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now, let, me, let, me, let me add some stuff. Yeah. I, I do agree. A, a call, a, a true desire to want to minister to teenagers, not just hey, I'll do whatever you need me to do. Yeah, you know, I don't really, I don't really like teenagers. I think you can use those people, but yeah, use yeah. them for Other something stuff. else. Yeah. yeah, have them organize the the supply closet. Yeah, you, you see our supply closet. <laughs> oh yeah, so, oh, yeah. I need yeah. some people who will do whatever yeah. needs to be done because apparently none have of them, us. Apparently none of us are willing to <laughs> have them grill. <laughs> yeah, you there know. you go. Yeah. Um, okay, so a, a, a sense of calling. Uh, I would say not only a believer, I, I actually think we should aim for mature believers. Yeah. I think youth ministries make the mistake of putting immature believers with teenagers. Yeah. Oh, just let them cut their teeth, right? Yeah. And teenagers, of all the people in our church, teenagers need mature believers. Here's why. Little kids aren't questioning yet. Yeah. So they don't know they don't know the difference, right? So some guy could be teaching heresy and the little third grader doesn't even know it. Yeah. It's, and it's, and it, it's not going to impact his life next week. An adult, somebody could be teaching heresy, and they know it. Yeah. And they call it out, and they call BS on that, yeah. right? They sniff it out. They're, they're good Bereans. Teenagers are kind of in the middle where something may not make sense to them, but they follow authority, and so they just believe what they're taught because, yeah. hey, AC would put this leader in, in with me if they weren't. And so they, yeah. right, they're, they're much more impressionable. You can uh, uh, an immature believer can do a lot of damage in the life of a teenager yeah. that isn't as quickly done yeah. in the life of a, a young child or a more mature believer. So I think they should have a, a, a sense of calling, 
They should be mature believers. Um, I think they should be both leaders and followers. So they need to be leaders, but they need to really follow the leadership of the pastoral team, the youth ministry leadership, and and, and just be on board with what we're asking them to do. Um, I think they need to be really good listeners. Oh, sure. I love to listen to students. Yeah. Um, they need to be good facilitators of conversation and good question askers. That's, that's right? a huge. They, you know, they don't have to be great teachers. <clears throat> In fact, yeah. we've learned some of the best teachers are the worst small group leaders. Yeah, because all they want to do is pontificate teach. and teach. Yeah. But they don't. Well, they that's don't, that's that was my point. With, I think that's the the point with. I think you can train, like, I can take a, a, a kind of, a, a person who's a believer who may not be, you know, completely like, yeah, I've, I've been through, I've been going to Bible study, I've been in a small group for six years, or and someone who's been through doctrine, and I can take that person, put a, almost the same as our adults, put a video and help them facilitate. Right kind of in, instruct them on, okay, this is how you would lead based on kind of like where you are. Mm-hmm. Facilitate, ask great questions, learn in that in that field because I think you're always going to be at a place to where you go, hey, I may not know that. Totally. Or I may not. Totally. And we always teach our leaders like, right. don't, if you don't know it, just say I don't know it and let's let's learn let's learn together yes, let's and grow but, together but that goes back to going full circle and we need to wrap up yeah that right there goes back to that's one of the things that's so attractive about small group yeah at the weekend program the large group gathering if Josh is teaching or you're teaching or Katie or me or whoever it is we are the experts on that topic for the day. Yeah. Right? Because in our context, we're standing up in front of yeah. a, a pretty crowded room full of teenagers. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of room for us to take questions yeah. <laughs> or for us to not know for sure if yeah. we understand what we're talking about. Yeah. So it feels like a, I am imparting my knowledge to you. You soak it in. Yeah. By design. Yeah. A small group. Man, for, for you or Josh or Katie or me and our small groups to say, guys... I don't know for sure. What do you guys think? What have you read in scripture that can speak to that? How about if we all take this week and do some study and come back with what we find? Because I'm not sure I'm ready to give you an answer. That's huge. Huge for the students. It's huge. It's authentic. It's real. It gives them the freedom to question and doubt and not have answers all the time. Yeah. It's great. great. Just to end on this, I think that's... That's the lesson that I hear most uh, students talk about when they talk about their leader. And like one thing they've learned is they didn't have to be right all the time. Yeah. They helped me find out things for myself versus thinking that I needed to appear yeah. deeper than I was. Yeah. Or Because they, they, they model transparency. They model um, authenticity. Just, just being... Just saying, hey, I don't know. Right. I think that's that's a huge, yeah. huge thing to leave with. So, so. in closing, we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff. Not everybody's going to do this, but I'm going to give everybody a little assignment if they want. Um, if you're neck deep in small groups and you're struggling a little bit, I would encourage you, because we've talked all around stuff, if you were to go back and watch this show, it's another 20-minute investment, but if you were to get a piece of paper and just start jotting down, just right up at the top, put, what makes a small group ministry attractive? And just listen to what we're talking about and write down 
some bullet points. Yeah. What are the qualities of a good small group leader? Listen to what we're talking about. Just write down some bullet points. You know, take out all the Tim Tebow stuff and ant attacks. Yeah. Started you know, at like this, three take, minutes. Take yeah. all that off, and just just write some quick bullet points. And you guys, in your own context, you can figure out well, what does that look like. How do you define authentic, and and, and what does that look like in your setting? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be well worth your time. Next week, or not next week, but the next show, yep. we'll come back and we'll take a look at two more areas concerning smokers. Yep. yep. All right. If you want to subscribe, let's talk about Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to subscribe, hit that button and subscribe. We love, we're building a small community. A small, growing. it's growing. It's, it's a small growing. army and of ant like people. It's <laughs> growing on us. <laughs> Uh, subscribe. You can send them if you have a question or a comment. You can send it to talkyouthministry uh, at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.